communicating with our clients, we do have kind of an unspoken protocol, but it's just basically let's be normal. Well, get ready, because this is the Take Your Gloves Off episode of Spilling the Tea with Miss Debbie podcast. As a known blogger, dance teacher, business owner, and a Christian at that, I'm protective of my reputation. We are to be ambassadors of Christ here on the earth, and that's a pretty tall order. Okay, so I'm actually really trying to bring completion to the segment take your gloves off. Not going to lie here, folks. It actually has taken me several weeks. But with the take your gloves off segment, it just kept growing. (laughs) I had originally promised that I'd try to keep my segments around 10 minutes. And I thought, well, this is one that's kind of an important subject. I think that a lot of ladies can benefit from it. So I'll go ahead and break my own rule. But then um, every time I tried to finish, another thought would come to my mind. I think it's just because it's such big subject matter and it's important and um, it's something that's kind of untouched. I remember growing up, my mom used to like to watch these detective documentaries on TV in the evening. And a lot of the material went over my head as a little girl. But I remember at the beginning they would say, this is a true story and the names have been changed to protect the innocent. Now I'm going to be citing examples on today's subject matter. And I don't know how I could possibly change the names to protect the innocent because you already know my name. And any of the violations or offenses that took place would be against me against my business, or against my family. So I can do my best to try to make it foggy for you or blur out someone's face or blur out their name, but there's a chance that someone will figure it out, and I'm not bothered by that. You see, the reason for today's segment is because people are exhausted from that very practice of trying to save face, Uh, protect someone else's reputation, perhaps rearrange the facts on a report so that it works a little bit more in their favor. But I'm a woman of truth. I want to put the information out there exactly as I see it. And someone might say, well, truth is subjective. That's just your perspective or that's your opinion. And I would say, yep, absolutely. You're absolutely right about that. Whether it's my book, the blog, the podcast, it is my prerogative to give it from my perspective because it is my broadcast. So after several tries of trying to complete this segment, editing, re-editing, recording, re-recording, I finally concluded the best thing for me to do is to go back to my template of three main points. I'm just going to cite three examples and call it good. I'm not even going to go for good editing or perfect recording because life is messy. Processing emotion is messy. And the perspective is probably going to change by next week anyway. Number one, the straw finally broke the camel's back. <laughs> 
Number two, somebody attacks your kids. Number three, you're dealing with an anonymous critic. For those of you that know me well, you would know very well that I would never do a segment of this nature to stir up a bee's nest or just to be dramatic. But I am hoping to bring some balance because I know that there are individuals out there who are suffering silently in the name of dignity and professionalism. And for many years, I actually was that person. I was sitting quietly in the name of professionalism and maturity. I could take in so much information and zip my lip. You'd be shocked at what I knew and what I know. And never once did I choose to, quote, spill the tea. But there are circumstances for some folks who, right now, that teapot is boiling over. There's injustice ensuing in their workplace or in their ministry place right now. And they're suffering because they don't have the boldness or feel that they have the permission to speak. But you need to know that there is a grace from God to speak up. It's the same grace that I also have been leaning into for the courage to share the examples in this segment. Unfortunately, while some of us are feeling nervous about speaking, there are others out there that will literally not shut up. If their mouths are not constantly moving with noises coming out, their fingers are constantly moving to text, to post, and to publicize wasteful information. These days, we just have a zero tolerance policy for people's gossip and their drama at the dance studio and in any of our businesses. In theory, this would have been the policy from day one, but it wasn't until recently that I had the wisdom and the boldness to know how to enforce it. Firstly, I was very naive. When I first opened my dance school, I just assumed, if I tried my best, that everyone would do the same and we would all get along famously. For the most part, it actually did go that way. Friends would refer friends We did very little advertising, and the school grew consistently year after year. Now keep in mind that the more people you work with, the higher your chances of having to deal with one psychopath. I was pretty blessed, and it was quite some time before my first encounter with a fortified crazy dance parent took place, but I've been doing this for so long now that the odds were against me. The good news is, I'm no longer terrified by this. There was about a decade there, with many sleepless nights and brain fog and anxiousness. But thank you, Lord, that season is in the past. I know that we run a professional business, and I know that we serve people reasonably. So I know that when someone is repeatedly put out and hurt over one thing or another, It's on them rather than me. In almost 25 years of running this business, there have only been a couple, but those couple situations were doozies. 
to be upfront, I deal with unusual and odd daily. Everyone, myself included, has a day off or a stressful moment, and that is easily forgivable. It's the one that just keeps at it, that finally breaks the camel's back, that causes you to pull your gloves off and be ready to fight hard. Regarding email communication, voicemails left on the business phone, or text communication, people might question our policies or they might be new to our school and they just simply need information. And we are more than happy to direct them to different places on the website answer the questions personally, and even meet with them one-on-one if needed. But there's a point when someone just questions and questions and questions, or they challenge, or it's kind of like, oh, I have a better idea than that. I know this is a policy, but can I be the exception to the rule? I think I have a better way. Those kind of people used to threaten me or make me feel a little less than. I just felt insecure because if someone's offering to do it a better way, well, obviously they must know what they're talking about. They probably run a business or they've just been at something longer than I have. And um, back to what I mentioned earlier that I was quite naive, I just assumed they really did want to help. Eventually I realized, no, some people don't want to help. They just want to get their own way. Well, I've been walking with the Lord for a long time. I try to stay humble. I try to hear his voice. And, you know, in humility, there is actually a power and a confidence that comes. And I've just felt like the Lord put his hand on my back. It's almost like there's a bulldozer behind me sometimes. And I'm thinking, lady, you are standing in front of me. If you only knew, if I step out of this way, the bulldozer is about to come after you because he's right on my back here. Just a little principle for everybody to think about moving forward in the future. If you've not created and communicated appropriate personal boundaries and business boundaries, you won't have the luxury of expecting your clients to not cross those invisible lines. They're going to expect you to be accessible to them every second of the day. And the minute that you have a personal emergency or another meeting, something you need to go to, and you leave that person waiting for an hour, they're going to throw a hissy fit and they have no mercy because basically they've gotten spoiled thinking they can send you a text or a quick little message anytime the thought comes into their head. And they're assuming that you're there available to solve their problems for them immediately. I am the director, but my husband's the administrator and we are an inseparable team. So in communicating with our clients, we do have kind of an unspoken protocol, but it's just basically let's be normal. The podcast, Spilling the Tea with Miss Debbie, is a little bit of a joke because those of you that have listened to a few, you realize Miss Debbie's not really spilling any tea. Spilling the tea means to gossip. It means to um, have information on somebody and share it in not a kind way. As a Christian businesswoman, that's not my practice. I really don't enjoy gossiping and I try to refrain from doing so. I think it's unbecoming. I think it's unprofessional. But when you get into this realm of the gloves are off, then I kind of don't care anymore. It means... I no longer have regard for my own actions and I don't care about the other person's feelings. 
chances are most high that anybody that I would tell a story about is never going to hear the podcast anyway, because they've already distanced themselves from me. However, I've moved past the place of being concerned of whether they hear it or not. An individual to which I've practiced the phrase, now the gloves are off, is someone who has already been gossiping about me. They've also already tried to mar my reputation. There has been slander, and clearly they have no regard for me or my feelings. For my own emotional welfare and my own mental state, sometimes we just need to vent. I have a sister, I have dear friends, I have close colleagues, so I do have people that I can process out loud with, and then we pray together and we forgive the situation and move on. There are some times that, yes, you can forgive and move on, but you should learn from the situation. You don't keep going back and putting your hand on the same burner over and over and over again and getting burnt and say, oh, I forgive you, burner. No, you wise up and you learn from the situation. Me sharing or citing examples would be an opportunity for other people to hopefully learn and maybe dodge a bullet. So um, there could be some good come out of it, or it could be something that we just plain old laugh about, and I'm okay with that too, because laughter is the best medicine. Some of you have maybe heard the phrase, it's the quiet ones you should be concerned about. Now, I don't know if that's the case all the time. Some people are just quiet. Some people are just shy. Some people are just sweet. But when you're working with, say, a youth group or a dance team or a women's club, you may have a few people on your team that are kind of flying under the radar. When you observe them, you think, wow, that must be the sweetest person I've ever met in my life. They seem to be without fault. I wish I could be like them. Then you realize that that person has actually been whispering behind your back. If you're a little naive and trusting, as I was, they could very well be sitting right there in the same room with you, inadvertently conniving, whispering, and stirring up trouble. Well, I've been caught in that one on more than one occasion. What I was perceiving to be quiet and sweet was actually quiet and troublesome. And I'm going to share with you an example of how that all went down. The story took place just a few years ago, and we were able to bring resolve to it, but this was with an individual that was with us for a very long time. To go back to the beginning, her daughter was about three when she first contacted our dance studio, inquiring about the programs that we had available for preschoolers. These days, a lot of registration and communication just takes place online. But a few years back, it was person to person, and I would receive a lot of phone calls, answer a lot of questions, and then there would be some individuals that had more questions than others. I'm always more than happy to answer any and all questions that would come to the office from a new client. But at the end of the day, I do feel that it's the mom's job to know her own schedule, know her own child's personality, and be able to decide which class will be best for her and for her family. But with all the back and forth, my first impression was that I was talking to an individual that had trouble making final decisions. After that initial inquiry period, 
her daughter did come and take class with us, and it was lovely to have her there. And she continued to take dance, year after year, but I found that every summer, when it was time for new registrations, we would go through the same slow process again. It's not that I had my feelings hurt because I didn't care enough, but I was confused. Why would she ask my advice on what day she should put her daughter into dance and then go do something opposite anyway? I don't call myself a strong-willed person, but I guess you've just got to be a decision maker if you're going to move forward in life and if you are a business owner. So I'm usually pretty quick. Eventually, after meticulous consideration on mom's part, the dancer ended up on our dance teams. Her young daughter had grown into a beautiful dancer by this point in time. She seemed charming in her personality. She was giggly. She was pretty. Um, her dance training was great. And I loved having her on dance. Being on dance team is an opportunity to intensify your training, work closely with other students, and use your gift of dance to bless those less fortunate through a yearly benefit concert that we create together. The students audition and then sign a 12-month contract to participate. As any of you that work with teenagers can probably imagine, a director or a coach would have a pretty full plate to execute something of this magnitude. Rehearsals went quite well and the months passed famously. Things went very well. We had very little communication, if any, from dance parents until the night of the show. The show took place. The cleanup of the auditorium happened. We packed up our gear and came home. And to our chagrin, we're greeted by a long, dissatisfied email from said mom. She wanted to inform us of all the reasons she did not appreciate the show. Her daughter would not be returning to dance team the following year because it was too expensive. She didn't approve of the charity that we had chosen to benefit. She was embarrassed on behalf of other family members, and she was offended. Under most circumstances, I am very open for discussion, but timing is everything. I could have returned the email at midnight that night, but I was already at the place in my life that I don't answer emails at midnight. So she was going to have to sit through Saturday night, all day Sunday, Sunday night, and come Monday morning, she may get an email from my assistant, myself, or my husband during office hours. But come Monday morning, we went back to look at the email and we found it so derogatory and so cutting that we couldn't come up with a way to respond. She was addressing things that had already been um, communicated in newsletters throughout the year. The kids signed a 12-month contract. A lot of the information she was disgruntled about was things that she signed a contract on back in September. So surely she wasn't clueless on what her daughter signed up for when she joined the dance team. But all of a sudden, after this show, everything flipped. We just decided as an office staff that we would let that email sit because, you know, there's that old phrase, if you can't think of anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. 
And for the most part, I do try to abide by that or the golden rule, treat others as you would like to be treated. I didn't appreciate getting a slamming email and I figured nobody else wants to get one either. So we left the email unanswered. I didn't expect her daughter to continue dance the following fall, but sure enough, they did come by the studio for registration day. The mother seemed a little cool, a little curt, but nothing alarming to me. One month into the new season, the questions start again. We had a special event that included the class that this student was signed up for. We were doing some choreography dedicated to the Seahawks. Now, if you live in Seattle, very few people don't like the Seahawks. So I'm not sure what could be offensive from that perspective. But the night this class took place, we received a message from this particular mother, but it went into the group text of this class communication. We answered her privately the next morning, but her response went back into the group text. This involves about 17 families. The straw is just about to break the camel's back. My husband responded in the group text, calling her out by name and saying, please stop sending your complaints by this format, but answer us privately. She responded back with, the reason I'm complaining into the group text is because you never answered my email. She may have thought that that was a big mic drop for us because we were so irresponsible that we forgot to answer our emails. Little did she know that that had been a deliberate choice on our part. Six months had passed and she may have had a little chip on her shoulder. But at that point, my husband looked at me and said, the gloves are off now say what you want. I wish that I could read to you my email response. I don't know what you'd think. It may have been angering. It might have been validating. It might have been humorous for you. But for me, it was empowering. All the emotion that I had been penting up in the name of politeness was able to come draining out. All those feelings of, oh, I can't answer her. I should never speak ill of a client. I should be the better person in this situation. It all came bubbling out. And honestly, as I mentioned before, for emotional health, it needed to. And she needed to hear it. We've got to be able to draw that line and say, this is the end for me. I'm done. Her daughter, that I thought was a sweetie pie, did go ahead and make her own Instagram group conversation. Her little circle of friends were all naive enough to forget that my own daughter, who's a teenager, is going to read that stuff. So my own daughter had to read about how they were crying and griping about poor little Janie getting kicked out of our dance school, which is not exactly how it all went down but we'll no longer see them or have contact with them. Hindsight is 2020 vision. I can look back now and realize that what I had interpreted all this time as insecurity from a person who needed my expert assistance in decision-making 
could have been more accurately assessed as a person who was not getting the answer she wanted. So a person may keep asking the same question over and over, assuming they'll eventually get an answer more pleasing to their palate. Are you kidding me? 10 years I watched this go on before I finally got a clue? But I actually would encourage you for your own mental health, let's stop acting like it's okay when it's not okay. Um, 99.9% of the time, yes, please shut your mouth and just take it to the Lord and let Jesus Christ lift your burdens and solve your problems for you. But Jesus does know that he created you as a human. You have human emotions. You have human responses. You have a human need feel vindicated. And he is our arbitrator. He is our vindicator. So I hope you'll be able to take all this in stride. Get a little bit of a laugh out of the idea that dance studio ownership can actually be that intense when it really shouldn't be. It should be something fun and joyful and life-giving. And whatever it is your hand finds to do, try to do it to the glory of God. Yes, we will fail. Yes, we're going to fall down. We're going to pick ourselves up, dust ourselves off, and just keep marching, keep dancing, keep running, whatever you're doing in your vocation, but be good to yourself. And thinking about that phrase of when we're defining what does it mean for the gloves to be off, there was one line there. It says, from this point forward, nothing will be held back. And I think that from this point forward is important to think about because it's a demarcation. There's a defining moment when the conversation or the communication back and forth moved from highly professional and kind into, I don't care anymore. For me as the business owner and hopefully a confident business owner, I kind of like that moment. It's only happened a couple times, mind you, but I knew I was going to win because what I'm about to say, it will result in that person no longer being in proximity to me. Now for a younger studio owner or a younger business owner that feels like they're struggling and they're kind of desperate for clients, that can sound like a scary thing. Oh no, what if I lose that client? Oh no, if I don't bend and bob and do everything that that person wants me to do, they might get their feelings hurt They might threaten me and they might go to another business or another dance school. But I've come to the place where I would welcome that. If you're dealing with a person that's that easily offended and they get their feathers ruffled about small things, they're only going to continue to get offended and always have their feathers ruffled and you're going to be a nervous wreck feeling like you're walking on eggshells all the time. Well, I'm in this for the long haul. I've been running the business a long time and I intend to keep running it. And if I have to run it on eggshells, I'm going to be exhausted, frazzled, and impatient. But I don't want to be that. I want to be well-rested, kind, full of joy, full of energy. (coughs) Regarding your passive-aggressive anonymous critic, they should either reveal themselves or shut up. You know, while I'm at it, taking my gloves off, I mean, I might as well just go for it because there are so many situations in which 
once I start thinking, I realize we really do have to be bold and we really do have to stand up for what's right. So me even doing this podcast is my step of taking the gloves off. Just want to share with others so that you don't have to go through the pain that I went through. You can find ways to end it sooner. Just recently, it came to my attention of another friend who was struggling with something um, similar to things that we've gone through at the dance studio, and they brought her daughter into it. And I was quick to say to her, oh, oh, honey, they can come after me if they want, but when they come after my kids, the gloves are off immediately, and that individual should expect to be shown no mercy. A few years back, um, my son was working as a pizza delivery a pizza delivery guy. And um, he had, I needed to meet him at work to trade cars. He was running a little late, so he quickly pulled the, uh, our vehicle into the parking space, tossed me the keys, we traded places and went on. My daughter was in the nail salon right next to where he works. A lady had taken a picture of my license plate, come in and just started showing it around the nail salon. She says, whose vehicle is this? I said, oh, that's me. Well, it's parked too close. I said, oh, no problem. I can go out and move it for you. But she was already so wound up at this point that a civil civil conversation wasn't an option for her. And so I just said, I smiled. I just said to her, oh, my son was hurrying off to work. I'm sorry that he did that. And she says, well, your son needs to learn how to drive. Well, I, I didn't say anything inside my mind. I just put my hand up, and you all know that sign of speak it to the hand. I just put my hand up, walked past her, calmly pulled my car out of the parking spot, which took approximately 15 seconds. She stood there with her arms folded as, as I pulled out. I waved to her, reparked the car, and that was the end of it. But I need to tell you, I know where she worked. She was the receptionist at the place right next to her to my son's work. And to this day... I have no need to go there and give those people my business because to have that kind of a face on the front of your business, you're actually scaring away customers. But I realized my strong reaction to it wasn't that the car had been parked incorrectly or even that she took a picture of my license plate and decided to show it around the community. It was when she said, well, your son needs to learn how to drive. Don't come after my kids. My son had been living in New Zealand and Australia where they actually drive on the opposite side of the road. He's never had a car accident, never had a speeding ticket. He has a perfect driving record. And again, he's delivering pizza um, as a job, no issues there. So for her to say a statement like that, it was a bit much. So I would say when someone comes after your kids, it's the perfect time for mama bear to come out and those gloves will come off. The second thing that troubled me about my friend's situation was not only had they come after her daughter, it was one of those anonymous situations. Well, that's enough to like literally drive you insane when you're like, when you're thinking it's bad enough that someone's upset with me, but when you don't know who they are, you don't know who to focus your attention towards and how you could possibly rectify the situation if they're hiding behind some anonymous thing. That's hard enough for us as adults, but for that to be happening to a teenager, I I think it could literally just make you go insane.
Consider the idea that you would give someone a negative online review or make derogatory comments about them anonymously. If it's your goal to make them lose their mind, then pat yourself on the back, I'd say. Congratulations, that's a great way to get it done. I'd like to hope and trust that someone's not that sinister and that crazy, but we know for a fact that this happens. Another perspective could be that you're doing it because you're actually nervous. You're feeling fearful of being identified and you want your voice to be heard, but you're feeling too shy or too nervous to actually put a face to it. Maybe you feel afraid of what a consequence could be if they actually knew who you were. But then that's probably something you need to be thinking and praying about. You need to have the courage to have that one-on-one face-to-face conversation to make it right instead of causing emotional damage to that person. Maybe you feel that you've been hurt by them and you feel a right that you need to get back at them. But why don't you choose to be the better person, be the higher person and take the better road? A few years ago, and it kind of goes along with the one that I had already shared about the lady that was yelling into our group text. In that same circle of friends, there was another one that had given us a bad review on Yelp. The good news on that was she was innocent and naive enough to put her name right on it. So that made it easy. Um, My husband was able to contact her and hopefully in a civil way say, hey, can you please take that down? We don't see truth to it. And we'd rather just meet face to face and be able to rectify the situation. She did take it down, but she kind of wanted to get the last word saying, I'll take this down, but it is blackmail. Now, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think there's a difference between blackmail, which is a felony, and asking a teenager to be dignified and respectful. Crazy thing is, the same review just kept re-emerging with a fake name. And I was pretty confident I knew who it was, but the fake name, it was enough to really, like, it really unnerved me. And it kept happening over and over, and she was relentless with this. We then directly contacted the parents of the individual that we thought was the fake identity. They denied it, but the reviews stopped coming and we never heard of that a fictional name again. It was sad to me that it had to come to that. Conflict takes place between two broken people, not just one. In a perfect biblical world, the two individuals would meet face to face, work out their differences in forgiveness, and move on in peace. But unfortunately, that is not where we live. We live in a fallen world of broken people, and some of them will carry that brokenness and bitterness to their grave. We long for reconciliation, but under certain circumstances, it's a vain longing, and we'll have to come to terms with it, both emotionally and mentally. We had requested a face-to-face meeting with this particular party on more than one occasion, but they refused. 
it's not always pretty. Sometimes it's going to get ugly. Even God himself calls us to fight. He calls us to uproot things and to tear down things. Know your authority in Christ. Know that when you're following his word, when you're listening to his spirit, when you're aligning yourself with the godly kingdom, which is the victorious kingdom, you will not be destroyed. You're going to stand strong and watch what the Lord will do on your behalf and watch what he allows you to do with his authority. phrase, the gloves are off, is used to express the notion that something will be done in an uncompromising way, without compunction or hesitation. From this point forward, nothing will be held back. Was it necessary for me to share with you some of the details of a long drawn out saga that had actually taken place over several years? I'm going to say yes, because my heart is to save you the headache. I blew it. Without my investigation, too much time had gone by. Too many people inadvertently got pulled in. Too many moms were willing to throw each other under the bus in order to make themselves look good in my presence. But this is a quote from my pastor that I really admire. It says, as a leader, it's not what you expect. It's what you inspect. You must follow up. Well, I hadn't done that. I was blindly trusting people. I was naively believing the best, going along thinking that a woman's sweetness to my face was truly sweetness, only to find out that there is a principle of Jekyll and Hyde. I'm a forbearing person, as is my husband. We put up with people, we're patient, we stick to things, we're loyal to a fault. But the nutshell of what we've learned in taking our gloves off is that it doesn't have to take that long. Increase your efficiency by discerning things more quickly. Figure out what is toxic. Come to conclusions on what can and cannot be fixed and then take the garbage out to the street. Sometimes my husband and I will look at each other and say, we're just too old to put up with these people's crap. Be done, move on to the next small battle. That is all part of business ownership, running a studio, training dancers. Get back to the joy of why you started running a dance school in the first place. I have, and I'm so glad I did. Have a blessed day.